Joe Biden short circuits during an interview on Friday. A professor gets fired for teaching a hard course, and we are all going to die. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Just got back from Mexico. And if you ever want to appreciate the United States, go to Mexico for three days. And I don't mean like Cancun or any of those t- spots. I mean go to real Mexico. You really, Every time I come back, I just feel like, thank God, I'm back. I can eat. I can use the toilet. I can take a shower. Ugh. Okay, so let's get some news first. Um, the January 6th committee has voted to subpoena Donald Trump to testify last week. On, I think it was Friday. Well, good luck with this. Um, the committee ordered Trump to produce uh, a bunch of records by t- 10 a.m. November 4th, 2022, and ordered him to testify at a deposition on November 14th. 2022. So right around the election, of course, they decide to do this. Uh, They sent a letter to Trump, quote, as demonstrated in our hearings, we have assembled overwhelming evidence. There's no overwhelming evidence, including from dozens of your former appointees of staff and staff, all who admit they can't stand Trump, that you personally orchestrated and oversaw a multi-part effort to overturn the 2020 presidential election and to obstruct the peaceful transition of power. Okay, they they haven't. I've been watching a little bit of it. They haven't done any anything of the sorts. As a matter of fact, they came out with a list of things that they're accusing him of. Yeah, it's going to be nothing. This thing has no teeth. It's not going to happen. Um, this is supposedly the October surprise the Democrats were hoping for. It's not much of a surprise. It's not surprising at all. Everyone knew this was going to happen, that they were going to try and subpoena him. And President Trump's going to do what President Trump does. He's going to he's going to say, nope, I'm just going to go uh, play golf. And that's exactly what's going to end up happening. The best thing Trump could do here, honestly, is just roll his eyes and don't even acknowledge it. Just go on, keep playing golf and just say this is the crap they've been doing. I mean, they're going to start some sort of garbage with the DA of New York investigating the Trump family. I mean, he's going to go through investigations forever. Okay, well, Justin, uh, in other news, Justin Trudeau has decided to freeze handgun sales in Canada. She said, I mean, he said, uh, quote, I, we have a we have frozen the market for handguns in this country. As we see gun violence continue to rise, we have an obligation to take action. Today, our national handgun freeze is coming into force. Our government is taking Canada's most significant action on gun violence in a generation. We made commitment to Canadians that we would act, and we are. The national freeze will tackle the alarming role of handguns in crime, gender-based violence, and more. Okay, or he's just a tyrant and wants to be the dictator of Canada, and the first thing he needs to do in order to become the dictator of Canada is get rid of guns, because that's probably all it is. Watch this closely. It will be attempted here in the United States. Luckily, we have that Constitution thing. Well, you know, guess what? They don't have that in Canada. Things like free speech, God-given rights, free speech, freedom of religion, they don't have that in Canada. But don't think they're not going to try and pull that crap here. Uh, more on Canada later, probably later this week, because there's a lot that's going on over there. Okay. Imagine hearing and seeing 
this crap that happened in Plano, Texas. Now, you can only hear it. Go to dumbasstalkingpolitics.com and take a look at the video. It is just horribly disturbing how this is actually happening. This wasn't a strip club. This was at a restaurant in front of six-year-olds. This guy is running around in girls' clothing, showing up his crotch. The song, my... I might as well just say it. We, we might as well stop pissing around this whole thing. My pussy good, pussy sweet, pussy good enough to eat, fuck me all, the, all night. Those were the words. While some guy was lifting up his skirt, showing his crotch and his butt, and there's a six-year-old girl there that looks absolutely terrified. And meanwhile, all the parents and the adults, they're all laughing and handing this guy $1 bills. Now, this did not go well with uh, Plano, Texas. This did not go well with Texas. This drag performance here in front of six-year-old, six-year-old, it didn't happen. So, Texas Attorney General, Gen, uh, General Ken Paxton called for persecution over this kind of explicit drag performance crap in front of kids. And they are, this is nothing but sexual abuse here. There, there is just no way. If you did this, if I went out and did this to a kid on the street, you better believe I'd be arrested. But this guy can go into a restaurant and it's okay. Everyone should be persecuted here. Even the parents that allowed their kids to see this crap should be persecuted here. Okay, let's see what else is there. And the last piece of news, uh, Xi Jinping has won his third five-year term as president of China, which means basically he's appoint appointed himself dictator for life. To celebrate, they had a big communist deal here. They had a big communist celebration and stuff that they are now got a dictator in charge. And one of the ways that they celebrated was Xi Jinping decided that his predecessor as president, who Hintao, uh, was taken in front of the cameras and hauled off the stage during this during this celebration. It was in front of the cameras. It was in front of all to see. There was no explanation explanation about why this happened. Hintao had no idea what was happening. There was some rumors that it might have been something he said in front of the press, but that's just speculation. But a lot of, of Chinese experts actually speculate that the reason that this guy, Hintao, is going to be shot with a missile or eaten by dogs or something like that is because Xi wants the entire, all his predecessors, he wants them gone. Listen, everyone keeps saying, um, everyone keeps saying that. Russia is the big threat. Russia is the big threat. We're just ignoring China. I, I don't understand how people don't see that this guy has aspirations. And I kid you not, 
He has aspirations to rule the world. Okay. So I would actually say this is a Kamalaism, but this is too sad. And it's happening to someone who is still very important on the world stage. And no one seems to be questioning it. And finally, it's not really a Kamalaism because he didn't say anything. Joe, Joe Biden's uh, brain has short-circuited before. We've seen it. I mean, he shakes hands with no one there, with no one in front of him. He walks in the wrong directions. He goes off on tangents. But when he is in a one-on-one -on -one interview and his brain reboots to the point that the interviewer has to snap him out of it, it's really time to do something, especially when the interviewer, especially when the interviewer himself, who is a Biden fan, who supports Biden, actually has to say something, snap him out, and even says, uh, oh, because he doesn't know what's going on. So if you haven't seen this video, I'm shocked if you haven't seen this video, but if you haven't, go to dumbasstalkingpolitics.com because it's there. It really is just a bizarre piece of video. Watch. Listen. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention. My intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that... Uh, my wife thinks that uh, that I uh, that, that we're that we're doing something very important. Now it looks worse than he sounds. It really does. He mentions that the the reporter mentions does Dr. Biden Biden agree with you running again? And Joe Biden just looks down, and you can tell he's searching. He doesn't know who Dr. Biden is. You could tell his brain just freeze. He's instantly he lost all eye can, uh, contact and you can tell he's just like, OK, who the hell is this person? Well, hint, Dr. Biden's your wife. Probably one of the reasons you shouldn't be calling a non-doctor a doctor all the time. Republicans, of course, they're calling for a cognitive test and they're threatening to make it required for the president and all future presidents with laws. That he's probably going to have to, he's probably going to have to sign. Especially if they win the House and the Senate. If he sits and runs, well, first off, I don't think he's going to be president much longer. If they lose the House and Senate, and it's looking like the House now is a 50-50 chance. And that's up from 35% chance of winning the Senate uh, from, a, from, I think, August. If he loses both the House and the Senate. I think he's going to resign. I mean, I've told it. I'm calling it. I have said that about 50 times. I don't think Biden will be president in January. I think he's going to pardon his son. And he's going to get the hell out. But they should require, they should actually sign a law requiring a cognitive test. There is just no way this guy is competent. Okay. And, and, and trust me, watch the video. It is amazing. Oh, this is, this is an awesome story. This is what you like to hear from our college kids and yeah so one Josie's daughter I talked to her yesterday because she's going to college and she wants to go into medicine and I, I told her this story and she started laughing and she started laughing because this is just <laughs> this is just stupid that any students would do this so according to Fox News 
The New York University professor who was fired from his job after students complained that his class was too hard is now speaking out and saying that colleges need to apply a little tough love to their students. Maitland Jones, Jr., 84, a former chemistry professor at New York University, was fired from the university in August following a petition from his students complaining that his course was too hard. So this is what they actually put in the petition. Quote, we are very concerned about our scores and find that they are not an accurate reflection of the time and effort put into the class. We urge you to realize that a class with such a high percentage of withdrawals and low grades has failed to make students learning and well-being a priority and reflects poorly on the chemistry department as well as the institution as a whole. Uh, as a whole. Aww. They me feel we got their feelings hurt. This is what happens when you put safe spaces in colleges. Okay, so let's get a little here. Here's here's a little information about this professor. First off, he's eighty four years old, so this is not a, a spring chicken, and this isn't his his first rodeo. So, what was his first rodeo? He was tenured and an endowed chair at Princeton University for chemistry. Not only did he teach chemistry. He was the head of research in chemistry at Princeton. He, de he uh, developed a teaching regimen and a plan that was accepted by the Princeton staff and certified as very good by the Princeton students. He took that same plan to New York University, and the children there couldn't handle it. By the way, that's half the problem. These aren't children. They need to be treated like adults. Grow the hell up. But this here's the kicker. This guy retired and didn't, doesn't, doesn't really care. He could care less if you fire him. I mean, it's not going to hurt his reputation at all. His reputation was well established before uh, he went to New York University. <coughs> In fact, he was doing New York University a favor by going over there and teaching his teaching those kids some real stuff. And they decided to whine like little bitches. He wrote an op-ed for the New York Times. This is what he said. And he hits it in just every paragraph. Quote, they weren't coming to class, that's for sure, because I can count the house. They weren't watching the videos, and they weren't able to answer the questions. Critically, the growing number of administrators, major and minor, who are often without any expertise in a given subject matter need to learn to stand back from purely academic matters to support the faculty. Deans must learn not to coddle students for the sake of tuition and apply a little tough love. They must join the community in times of conflict to generate those teachable moments. Even before COVID-19 disrupted classrooms, there were signs of trouble. I came to New York University in 2007 after 43 years of teaching and research at Princeton where I had both tenure and an endowed chair. I wanted to see if the technique I had introduced at Princeton, in which the talking head lecture was de-emphasized in favor of small group problem solving, was transferable to another university. So essentially what he was doing is, instead of going up there and just lecturing at the students, he would put the students together, give them a problem, and let them try and figure it out, and helping them along the way. How is that harder than just sitting up there and lecturing? 
Anyway, continuing. All went well at first as students prospered in problem-solving setting, and younger faculty began to adopt it. About 10 years ago, I noticed that students were increasingly misreading exam questions. Exams that should have yielded a B average dropped to a C- minus or worse. Single-digit scores became common, and we even had zeros on exams, something that had never happened before. In th his opinion piece, Malesk speculates on causes, screen time, COVID-induced remote learning, and suggests that we do not do no one a favor by continuing to dumb down our courses. I completely agree, although I must admit that I was guilty of some grade inflation. So in other words, these kids just don't get it, and chemistry sucks. That, that's it. That's it. It's hard. It's objectively hard. It takes a lot of work, and one needs talent for it. I suck at chemistry, and that's a good thing that I realize that. Do you want me to be your doctor, prescribing you drugs when I don't know how they are going to affect you because I don't know chemistry? Do you want me designing drugs when I feel this chemical combination should work but don't reasonably know? New York University should have told these kids to F off. Better yet, tell these students that they're not kids anymore and grow the F up and start putting more effort into their work. This is what happens. The, the wildest statement ever is perception is reality. These kids perceive that this is hard and making them stressed. So the reality is this is a bad teacher. No, perception is not real. This is what HR departments across the country are pushing. Perception is reality. Well, it's not. The reality is chemistry is hard. And the reality is maybe you're just not good at chemistry. The reality is the, 40, the professor who taught at Princeton and did research in chemistry at Princeton probably knows how to teach it for 43 years, probably knows how to teach chemistry. Uh, when reality becomes less important, than, when perception becomes more important than reality, you just got to wonder sometimes. The scary thing is one of the reasons you take chemistry is to actually become a doctor. Incredible. We are in so much trouble. I hope I die well before any of these kids end up doctors. You know, this is awesome. This is an awesome story. It's next story. It's because it fits right into the podcast we talked about last week. And, okay, and that's that. what we talked about last week was that um, people are putting fear out there. And then when the fear doesn't actually come to fruition, they just ignore it. Well, this is according to the New York Post. Nuriel Rubini. And I don't even know if that's I pronounced it right, but I got to be honest with you, I just don't give a damn. Is seriously considering whether he wants to continue living in New York, mostly because, well, he wants to survive. There's quote, there's a scenario in which in the next 12 months, Russia uses a tactical nuclear weapons against Ukraine and then they attack NATO and we start a conventional war with Russia. The first nuclear weapon is going to go to New York, said the 64-year-old NYU economics professor and CEO of Rubini Macro Associates. Quote, being in New York City is not safe, end quote. 
I mean, I noticed that he doesn't mention that it's not safe to be in New York City because, I mean, they're pushing you on subway tracks. They're stabbing you. You're getting shot. You're getting raped. I would think that should probably be something he would be considering, but that doesn't even come in. And I do want I do want to say something. Um, he's from New York University, too. But they celebrate this moron. It gets better. It gets better. Okay, let's continue on before I go off. Even if Manhattan manages to avoid nuclear annihilation, there's still the possibility of a natural disaster like Hurricane Sandy that flooded New York in 2012. But, quote, much, much worse, end quote, Rubini told the Post. Quote, in the next 20 years, most of New York is going to be underwater, end quote. I mean, we've been hearing that since the 70s, how everyone's going to be underwater. So, okay. Continuing with the story, a recent $52 billion proposal from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which promises to build sea barriers to protect the city from another storm surge, are impractical, he added, because, quote, who's going to pay for that? They don't even know if it's going to work. It'll take 25 years to build. And even if we save Manhattan, all of New Jersey or all of the Jersey Shore and Long Island will get flooded because the water needs to go somewhere. Again, this is this is something that uh, Schellenberger and, and uh, Bjorg, whatever his name was, Longborg, last week we talked about. They say they always say this and it never materializes. Now, we've heard this crap before. What motivates a guy to sit back and just talk like this? Oh, here, maybe the Post has an answer. Let's take a look. You don't have to talk with Rubini for very long to realize that why he earned the nickname Dr. Doom, a moniker that, long with Page Six reputation for par partying with models at hot tub soirees, has always given him a sort of supervillain sheen. He first came into prominence 16 years ago, correctly predicting the collapse of the housing market and the emergence of worldwide recession. And now he's back with a new book, Mega Threats, 10 Dangerous Trends That Imperil Our Future and How to Survive Them, which doubles down on grim foregas. Okay, done with the article. This guy does this, guy does this crap to sell books, keep tenured, and get laid. That's essentially why he's doing this. And I find it amazing. They want to get rid of a, a 84-year-old chemistry professor who's been teaching and researching for 43 years at Princeton University, but keep this guy. Who's never been right, by the way. He's been right once. Good job, New York University. And by the way, this is, this is what you would consider. This is what we should consider toxic masculinity when a guy does this. This is where toxic masculinity comes from. Just freaking amazing. I love putting, I'm glad I could put those stories back to back. Okay, so let's take a, here's a, here's a good one. I, okay. To save the world from climate change, let's get this straight. The climate activists, crazies, the left, whatever you want to call them, they have said, we cannot travel. We cannot have artwork. I don't know why we can't have paintings, but apparently they drive climate change. I mean, they keep throwing paint on them and stuff. We're not allowed to drive. We can't eat meat. We have to eat bugs. We can't have capitalism. You can't be which, rich, white, or straight because climate change. We can't have heat in our homes. 
We can't have light in our homes. We can't have air conditioning in our homes. We can't have refrigerators, microwaves, stoves, or ovens. Or we will die in 10 years. Again. So according to Fox News, we got to give something else up because we just haven't given up enough yet. A CNN climate piece arguing that pets and their meat-heavy diet are major contributors to climate change was shared online this week. The piece offered ways in which owners can reduce beloved animals' carbon paw print. It suggests that pet owners reassess their pet's diet, offering lab-grown meat and insect-based plant foods. There's the insect thing again. They really want us to eat those bugs. Uh, insect-based plant foods as a potential option for them. The article also goes also recommended making sure that pet products such as leashes, bags, toys, and bowls are recyclable. God forbid, I mean, they have a non-recyclable bowl. And also advised that potential owners may adopt smaller breeds to minimize the climate impact. Okay, we've heard all this crap before. This is nothing new. I mean, CNN, is that really a shock? CNN, they had their their broadcasters actually eating bugs on the air to try and convince us how good they were. We all fart, and therefore we all are contributing to climate change. We fart because we eat meat. Of course, cows fart and they don't eat meat, so I'm not quite sure what comes about that. I'm pretty sure deer that don't eat meat also fart. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So we need to eat grass, bugs, trees, and then we will automatically all start stop farting and polluting the environment. Of course, trees and grass fart also, so we are eating what is, but they fart oxygen, so we are actually eating what is actually supposed to save our environment. So grass also pumps out, farts out a lot of oxygen and, and eats a lot of carbon dioxide. But, you know, hey, whatever. They, they don't talk about that. Forget about that. Um, let's forget the fact that dogs and cats are actually carnivores. They can't eat plant-based. They can't have a plant-based diet. They will not survive. Of course, they don't want to talk about that. We also seem to forget bugs do not offer the proteins that we need to survive as meat does. So one of the reasons we eat meat is because we need to eat meat because it gives us the proteins we need. Most of the time, bugs also have enzymes within their systems that are toxic at best, poisonous at worst, and can definitely make us sick because they have diseases and things. Don't forget, the biggest killer in the world is the mosquito. All bugs, including grasshoppers and things, you can't go on a complete diet on bugs. You could die. But they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that. But here's what I want to talk about. I got a couple more questions. What are we going to do with the animals that are effing up our environment? All those cows, chickens, pigs, cats, and dogs that are farting? Though they don't want to talk about this, what are we going to do with them? Kill them? 
Uh, this is something called a slippery slope fallacy, where they say, well, don't don't be crazy, don't be crazy. Yeah, no. What do you expect to do with them? They're if we stop eating them, they're still going to breed. They're still going to fart. While we're at it, what are we going to do about the lions and tigers and bears? They all eat meat. They're all carnivores. And they fart. Do we kill them? What about the effing polar bears, who Al Gore said, prove global warming, then climate change, then the climate crisis? I'm not even sure what we're calling it this week. They only eat meat. There's not a lot of soy in the North Pole, it turns out. Do we nuke the uh, polar bears, too? By the way, who determines what is what dog is too big and what dog is too small? Who determines what pet is acceptable? I mean, we could get a parrot. Parrots fart, too. Parrots poop every seven seconds. That creates... That creates the same thing. I mean, this is all crap. It's all about control. Well, F you. I'm keeping my German Shepherd, and you can go suck a rock. And he's going to eat food. He, that German Shepherd, he's going to eat the food he needs, and it's going to be meat-based foods, and it's going to be good, fresh meat-based foods so he gets bigger. And if he farts, I'm going to be proud of it. I'm going to walk out of the room, but I'm going to be proud of it. Because that means that that dog enjoyed his meal. And you know something? I'm going to have a steak tonight, some pizza with pepperoni on it. And I'm going to say F you to the F you to the uh, the ban. OK, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Also, take a look at my Rumble channel. Uh, I've got some new videos there. Just go to Rumble, type in dumbassestalkingpolitics in the search bar and it'll show up. I hope you guys have a great day. This is Gene. You listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Bye.